Well, hello, and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark, and we are exploring the highways and byways of jazz recorded history on this podcast. Today, we're going to be uh, listening to some music that was recorded for the Black and White record label. We're calling this Black and White Reads because uh, all of these sessions, the three or four sessions we're going to be dipping into, all featured read players, and uh, they were done on the early side of this recording uh, company's existence. They, uh, Black and White started uh, issuing records in late 1943, early 1944, right at the end of the record ban. Uh, the Musicians Union had introduced a ban of, of its members making commercial recordings due to uh, conflict about how much they would get in royalties and so on and so forth. And for about a year and a half during World War II, the um, musicians uh, who were part of the union were not allowed to make commercial recordings. And gradually, one by one, the companies started coming to agreements with the union. The smaller companies uh, came through first, and some were actually uh, put together uh, as uh, the, the restrictions began to relax, and black and white was one of those. This was, of course, during the war years, and um, another thing that they had to encounter or, or deal with was the lack of materials with which to make records, shellac and so forth. Uh, they would actually uh, collect uh, old recordings, records made in the 20s and 30s, and uh, knock, or melt those down, I'm not sure what the word is, melt them down or reform them, and uh, make new records out of them. The fellow who started Black and White was Les Schreiber, or Schreiber, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. He was a record collector and he started uh, recording some of his favorite musicians just as a hobby. The first was actually Art Hodes, the great Chicago pianist, and uh, then he realized that he could probably release them uh, fairly cheaply and uh, get them out into circulation, and that's what he did. Uh, the first issue of Black and White uh, was in New York uh, in July. Uh, the recording date was July of 1942, it was Art Hodes, and it was issued at the end of 1943, and there were some solo piano recordings. But we're going to pick up with the second date, which was recorded on March 4th of 1944, and it was the Cliff Jackson Quartet. Cliff Jackson was an African-American stride pianist who had been active on the scene uh, jazz scene in New York from the late 1920s. He had a band called the Crazy Cats, a 10-piece band that made some very fine recordings in the early 30s. He also recorded with Sidney Bechet. He did some blues accompaniments, and uh, later on he married the singer Maxine Sullivan and became her accompanist. But he was a, primarily known as a solo pianist, stride piano style, uh, in New York during the late 30s and into the 40s in Greenwich Village and so forth. So here he is accompanied by... Uh, Bob Casey on bass. He was a, a white bass player who uh, was active in the Eddie Condon groups and Muggsy Spanier and so forth. Jack the Bear Parker on drums, who had played with uh, Hot Lips Page and some of the other uh, black groups around 52nd Street. And the horn in this case is Pee Wee Russell, the clarinet player from uh, Oklahoma who cut his teeth in Chicago, played with Bix Beiderbecke in the 20s and came to New York to play with uh, Red Nichols and many other groups. He became a charter member of the Eddie Condon bands, starting in the late 1930s, recording so many great things for Commodore and some of the other recording labels as well. Here he is really given free reign. He doesn't have to deal with a trumpet or a trombone, as you would in a Dixieland ensemble, so he plays the melodies, or abstracts them is probably a better way of looking at it, of the four tunes that we're going to hear. The first one is called Quiet, Please, and that was a Cliff Jackson tune that he also recorded with a larger group a little bit later. Um, 
We'll hear some excellent Pee Wee Russell there. Then we'll go on to Squeeze Me, which had been known as The Boy in the Boat. It was a, a, a kind of a dirty song that Fats Waller cleaned up a little bit and called Squeeze Me in the early 20s. It had become a jazz standard by this point. Then, uh, from the pen of James P. Johnson, another great stride piano player, we hear If I Could Be With You One Hour Tonight, and we end up with Artie Matthews' uh, ragtime and jazz tune, The Weary Blues, all of these featuring some very unfettered Pee Wee Russell, who was never fettered in the many circumstances, but here he really takes flight. Then after that, we're going to go to uh, a band uh, that was led by the drummer George Wetling. George Wetling was a great Chicago drummer, probably second only to Dave Tuff, and he, uh, Wetling, made many, many Dixieland sides in the late 1930s, 40s, and 50s. He also had played with Paul Whiteman's band and Bobby Hackett's uh, big bands as well. On June 30th of 1940, the George Wetling trio, jazz trio, uh, recorded four sides. We're going to hear That's a Plenty, and that will feature George Wetling on drums, Gene Schreider on piano, and Mez Mesro on clarinet. Mesro was a very kind of polarizing figure in jazz circles. He wrote a very interesting autobiography called Really the Blues, but he was a, a white musician from Chicago who was very attracted to black jazz of the period, especially New Orleans jazz. Uh, he was not a great clarinet player, but uh, he was enthusiastic, shall we say, and we will hear him doing his thing on um, that's a plenty. And then we'll hear the other three sides from that date after the break. So, this is the Cliff Jackson Quartet Quiet, Please, Squeeze Me, If I Could Be With You One Hour Tonight in the Weary Blues, and the George Wetling Jazz Trio on That's a Plenty.
So that was Mez Mesro with the uh, George Wetling Trio doing That's a Plenty. Mesro always seemed to fare better when he was the only horn player. Uh, sometimes in, in a full band, his playing just got stranger and stranger. He was better known to musicians of the day as a procurer of high-class marijuana. He uh, was not hired for his clarinet-playing abilities in many groups, although he did have a certain honest approach to what he was doing, and uh, he, he definitely had a love for New Orleans-style jazz and a particular affinity for Jimmy Noon, even though technically he wasn't quite up to that. But you got an idea of some of the excitement that he could create on a tune like the one we just heard. That's a Plenty, which was the George Wetling Jazz Trio, June 30th of 1944, Mez on clarinet, Gene Schreider on piano, either Gene Schroeder or Gene Schreider, I'm not sure exactly how he pronounced that, but at any rate, he was a well-known pianist with the Eddie Condon mob from this point in the middle 1940s all the way up into the 1960s when he went on tour with the Dukes of Dixieland, I think he may have passed away on tour with them, and the leader, George Wetling, a very effective drummer in this style and also a good swing drummer and a very good uh, painter. He was a, uh, a painter of some renown, an abstract painter. Uh, also somewhat renowned as a painter was Pee Wee Russell. Pee Wee Russell and George Wetling were very close friends, uh, and Russell was featured on the first four tunes, which were done or credited to the Cliff Jackson Quartet, which also had some outstanding uh, stride piano by Cliff Jackson. He was really a very underrated piano player. Bob Casey doing a, a slap bass, almost sounding like Pops Foster in some places, and Jack the Bear Parker on drums, all sort of supporting Pee Wee Russell and some of his more interesting playing from this period, which was March of 1944. We started out with Quiet Please, a Cliff Jackson tune that was kind of an interesting tune. As I said, he recorded it with a band a little bit later. Then we went to Squeeze Me, a very reflective but bluesy performance by Pee Wee. Then a very uh, quiet ballad-type performance of James P. Johnson's If I Could Be With You One Hour Tonight. And then an exciting version of the Weary Blues, which started out almost in halftime before the piano solo brought it into 4-4. So some interesting music there. So we're going to uh, go on to our next set of our black and white reads, read recordings uh, done for black and white. I could have just as well called it black and white reads and keys, uh, because the piano players on here are outstanding and they often led the dates. Um, I did a radio show, which will be migrating over to this podcast in a while, of black and white piano players, the black and white recording studio, I should say, that featured Cliff Jackson and also Nat Jaffe, uh, Dick Carey, and Gene Schreider. So some very interesting piano there, so keep an eye out for that. So the George Wetling Trio, the balance of that session, will be starting us out some of these days. Uh, tune from about 1911, 1912 or so. Then on to Everybody Loves My Baby. Uh, a very interesting performance of a jazz tune, and an even more interesting performance of a jazz tune that was associated with the Chicago players and with Sidney Bechet, China Boy, which is usually done at a racehorse tempo. Here it's done very slow. No other way to say that. It's not quite a ballad, but it's a, a very unusual, kind of odd take on this particular tune. Then we're going to go to another piano player, another great stride piano player, Hank Duncan, who had toured with Fats Waller as his second pianist in the big band. They used to do piano battles every night. He had also recorded with Sidney Bechet with the New Orleans Feet Warmers in 1932 and had done a lot of session work as well. This trio, which recorded in June of 1944, June 7th, um, 
was uh, actually right around D-Day, wasn't it? Kind of interesting. Uh, it was Hank Duncan on piano, Goldie Lucas on drums, who had also played guitar on some earlier sessions. And the reed player in this case is a fellow named Bingy Madison. Bingy Madison had led a band in Harlem in the late 20s and had recorded several times with King Oliver and Buster Bailey and some different people who sort of fronted his band. He uh, became a member of the Louis Russell Band a little bit later and stayed with that band when Louis Armstrong took it over. And he uh, played with the Armstrong Group all through the mid to late 30s into the early 40s. And here, uh, he does some very good clarinet work and some kind of uh, nostalgic, we'll say, tenor work, tenor sax work. I'm not sure we'll have time for either of the tenor sax tunes, but the two clarinet tunes we're going to hear are Upbeat and Maple Leaf Rag. Upbeat is, in fact, a Bingy Madison original. And, uh, of course, Maple Leaf Rag is the classic of all classic Scott Joplin rags. And uh, Hank Duncan had recorded that with the Bechet Feet Warmers, Bechet Ladnier's Feet Warmers in 1932. This, of course, is a very different version. So those will be our tunes for this set. Mez Mesro featured with the George Wetling uh, Jazz Trio on Some of These Days, Everybody Loves My Baby and China Boy. And then Bingy Madison with the Hank Duncan Trio doing Upbeat and Maple Leaf Rag.
to me, this is sort of like a snapshot of the music you would have heard on uh, in various clubs in Greenwich Village or on 52nd Street, some of the more informal clubs, rather than the supper clubs and cabarets and so forth, or in the back rooms. We started out with uh, the George Wetling Jazz Trio featuring Mez Mesro on clarinet, Gene Schreider taking some wonderful piano solos and uh, showing what a great accompanist he was in piano, uh, George Wetling on drums, and we heard uh, some of these days, Everybody Loves My Baby, and a particularly odd version of China Boy that did the first couple of choruses very slowly and then brought it up to tempo, a little bit closer to the tempo we're accustomed to for that tune. So showing off the, uh, the talents and sometimes unarguable talents, sometimes questionable talents of clarinetist Mez Mesro. Then we uh, heard three numbers by the Hank Duncan Trio. We had a little time, we threw another one in, we may throw another one in too. Kind of charming music, I think. Hank Duncan's trio with Hank Duncan on piano, Goldie Lucas on drums, and Bingy Madison playing clarinet and tenor. Uh, we started out with the Bingy Madison tune Upbeat, which had a nice little arrangement to it. He played clarinet all through that, as he did on Maple Leaf Rag, which featured some excellent two-handed stride by the leader, Hank Duncan. And then we went to I Give You My Word, which was a tune that I, I wasn't, I'm not familiar with in any other recording by A. Cavillan and M. Lynn, a uh, pop tune of the day, kind of romantic. He had a Bingy, a kind of a, it's been called a fruity sound on tenor, but a very ripe sound, I guess you'd have to say. Not a bad sound, certainly, and obviously a very broad one. He uh, had a very romantic streak in him. So I think we're going to start the next set with the other tune from that session, Changes Always on My Mind. That's the fourth tune, and that was composed by the leader, Hank Duncan. So we'll hear some more bingy on tenor sax on that one. Then we're going to finish up the program with four sides that were done by the Rod Kless Quartet. Rod Kless is the clarinet player. He's the leader in this case. He was a Chicago player uh, by way of someplace else, Indiana, I think. But he uh, was uh, sort of a devotee of Frank Tushmarker's sound in the 20s. And he had that kind of bluesy, almost raw sound to his clarinet playing. Of course, he made a lot of recordings with Muggsy Spanier. And then later on with Art Hodes. We've done a couple of different podcasts that feature him quite a lot. And this little band, kind of an unusual usual group features James P. Johnson, the great Harlem stride pianist, uh, doing excellent work on here, along with Pops Foster, the New Orleans bass player. Kind of an odd combination, Johnson and Foster there, but uh, it works pretty well. The drums would help on this session, but there were none, unfortunately. And in the lead horn role, we have Sterling Bowes on trumpet. He was from New Orleans. He played out in St. Louis quite a bit. Uh, he was a kind of a legendary trumpet, or actually cornet player, who uh, never really received his due. He played with some big bands, and uh, we've done a show on him in the past as well. He played with Tommy Dorsey's band, uh, Benny Goodman, Joe Hames, and he played some really fine solos. Uh, he also played with Bob Zerke's band in 1939. Uh, he was quite a drinker, apparently, and uh, his playing could be a little bit uh, untethered, uh, depending on how much of the grape he had consumed, I suppose. This is not one of his better sessions, but he does get some good playing in here. So the four tunes we're going to hear uh, from the Rod Kless Quartet, which recorded for Black and White in September, September 1st of 1944, um, will be the Froggy Moore Rag, the Jelly Roll Morton piece, then, Make Me a Pallet on the Floor, which was a, kind of a traditional folk blues that W.C. Handy took over and sped up and called the Atlanta Blues in that case. Then we're going to hear uh, the uh, 
how are we going to do this? We're going to do, have you ever felt that way? I changed the order a little bit here. Um, have you ever felt that way? It was a Clarence Williams tune that he recorded in the 1920s uh, with some of his smaller groups. Kind of an interesting little bluesy minor tune. And then we're going to end up with Vincent Newman's showpiece, I Know That You Know, which uh, was Jimmy Noon's theme song and uh, one of the first recordings that he re made with his Apex Club Orchestra. So it was a popular tune among Chicago jazz musicians. So those are our five tunes. Change is Always on My Mind by the Hank Duncan Trio featuring Bingy Madison. And then Froggy Morag, Make Me a Pallet on the Floor, Have You Ever Felt That Way? And I Know That You Know, the Rod Kless Quartet featuring James P. Johnson on piano with Pops Foster on bass, Sterling Bowes on cornet, and Rod Kless on clarinet. <laughs>
As I said, Sterling Bowes was not at his best on that session, certainly not in that last tune, but some outstanding playing by the other three. Pops Foster on bass, James P. Johnson on piano, really uh, doing an extraordinary job. He had just recovered from a, a stroke that he'd had earlier in the 40s. He would have another one that was more debilitating later on, but he was back to playing fiddle here, and Rod Kless doing some very good clarinet playing. He had been influenced, as I said, by Frank Tushmarker, but you can hear a little Pee Wee Russell, Johnny Dodds, who he apparently studied with, and other players as well. So, before we heard I Know That You Know, we heard Have You Ever Felt That Way, a very fetching little Clarence Williams tune, a minor key, uh, kind of a, an emotional little tune that wasn't a blues. Before that, we heard a folk blues, Make Me a Pallet on the Floor, and we let off with Froggy Moore Rag, the Jelly Roll Morton tune that originally been composed or um, performed by King Oliver, but by quite a few groups after that. And we started out with that um, Hank Duncan tune called Changes Always on My Mind, uh, featuring Bingy Madison on tenor sax. I find the more I listen to old Bingy, the, the more attractive it becomes. He had a very interesting musical sensibility. He was not considered a great jazz player, certainly, but he was a very 
uh, well-traveled uh, dance band musicians. I said he played with Louis Russell's band throughout the 1930s and led combos. He was a good piano player as well, and uh, he had a very interesting clarinet style, as we heard in the previous set. So that was the Hank Duncan Trio with Bingy Madison on tenor sax, Hank Duncan on piano, and Goldie Lucas on drums. These were all recorded for the Black and White label in New York City. Uh, towards the middle of 1945, the label more or less relocated to Los Angeles, less Schreiber Schreiber, uh, had sold off his interest, and it was run by Ralph Bass and a few other people, uh, and uh, featured quite a few really interesting West Coast musicians, and we'll be touching on that in some future podcasts and shows. And the reason I'm doing so much with uh, these black and white recordings is that Mosaic has come out with a really outstanding package of pretty much the complete uh, record catalog of black and white on 10 CDs. Just came out in the last month or so, and uh, I've been making my way through it. Most of the things that we've been listening to today and also on the piano um a radio show that will be coming a little bit later are things that had been released on Pickwick and some other uh, labels, but the quality is much better here, and as we go on, there are quite a few things that have never seen the light of day. Some never even made it onto LP, so a real treasure trove of music coming up. So you've been listening to The Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark, and... Uh, Hope you've been enjoying these programs as much as I've been enjoying doing them. Uh, if you're in, are interested in sponsoring us, please feel free to do so. We're always looking for some new members of the family. Hit that sponsorship button. You may be listening on Spotify, Apple, or heaven only knows where else. But our home is on anchor.fm. And we now have about 300 podcasts and radio shows there for your perusal. And uh, if you'd like to ask me any questions or suggest other topics, my uh, website is wolverinejazzband.net. I also have the Wolverine Jazz Band pages on Instagram and Facebook. That's my band. So, until we meet again, I'll see you on the other side.